Welcome back to another episode of City of Desert. I'm Father David Abernathy. Uh, we're continuing our reading here of the Fathers of the Philokalia, and in particular, we're reading from the volumes of writings from the Philokalia on the Prayer of the Heart. And we're currently reading St. Hezekiah of Jerusalem to Theodolus on sobriety and prayer. And if you've been following along in the past episodes, we've been considering uh, the nature of this struggle and the nature of the warfare. And in our readings today, Hezekiah will begin to share with us something of the attitude that we are to bring to this, this battle for attentiveness of heart. We're picking up on page 281 of the text, if you are following along, and we are picking up with paragraph number 10. Hezekiah writes, The seas are compounded by many waters. Resolute sobriety, wakefulness, and profound silence of soul, as well as the depth of miraculous and ineffable contemplations and of wise humility, righteousness, and love. All these are compounded of supreme sobriety and ceaseless prayer to Jesus Christ with sighs and without thoughts, with the utmost effort, but without despondency or fainting. And so even though the, the battle is very difficult, we begin to experience within this struggle virtue building upon virtue. We begin to lose fear in the struggle. There's no fainting, there's no despondency, but only a vision of what is possible to us and for us uh, through the grace uh, of God and through embracing this attentiveness of spirit. Hezekiah goes on to write, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. And the will of the Father is this, Ye that love the Lord, hate evil. And here he's quoting Psalm 97. So then with prayer to Jesus Christ, let hate, let us hate evil thoughts, and the will of God is done. So the flip side of the coin of the love of the Lord, the love of virtue, is hate. And again, this is something that we often neglect within the spiritual life. And it's part, of, I think, of what prevents us from engaging as fiercely as we should in the battle, that there is a part of our hearts that has to learn to hate, to make use of the insensitive faculty, to become incensed, angry, whenever we see sin seeking to draw us away from the love of the Lord. It's only then that we begin to engage in that battle fiercely and truly begin to strike away the thoughts that would carry us away from the Lord. Uh, so this is one of the attitudes, I think, that we have to foster within ourselves, that, uh, in a sense, heaven is not for cowards, uh, nor is the spiritual battle meant for, for cowards. We have to be willing to enter into it fully and fight fiercely, knowing, again, that our enemy is going to be fighting relentlessly and fiercely as well. Hezekiah then begins to... Uh, hold before us the image of this virtue. And the image of this virtue is Christ himself. He writes, Our Lord and God made flesh has offered us the image of all virtue as an example to the human race and to recall us from the ancient fall, has set before us as in a picture his all virtuous life in the flesh, 
Among many other good examples, he has shown us how after his baptism, he went out into the wilderness. It was with fasting that he began his mental wrestling with the devil who came against him as against an ordinary man. So Jesus himself shows us the path to engage in this uh, art of mental warfare. Uh, being the season of Lent, uh, we just heard the gospel that Hezekiah is describing here. Christ enters into the desert for 40 days to be tempted. Uh, he engages in prayer and fasting. He's humbled in mind and body. And it's there that he engages in this mental warfare. Uh, he is attacked in some ways in the same fashion that Adam and Eve were attacked in the Garden of Eden. It's his self-identity as one who has embraced our humanity that is attacked. And so the demon seeks to get him to cast off his humanity and its poverty and the obedience that is necessary. And where, where we learn the most is in Christ's response, uh, not in engaging the demon directly so much as quoting to him the very word of God itself, that he has come to do one thing, and that is the will of his heavenly Father. He will not, uh, as Adam and Eve did, try to cast off the lowliness of that humanity, but will hold on to it and remain obedient even unto death on the cross. To this Hezekiah adds, And through this manner of his victory our Lord has taught us, his unprofitable servants, how we must practice our wrestling against the spirits of evil, that is, with humility and fasting, and prayer and sobriety, which he observed, though he himself had no need of such things, being God and God of gods. So that despite being the Son of God, Christ chooses to lay out before us the path that we are to walk as sons and daughters of God, that we are to imitate him in humility, in fasting and prayer and sobriety. This is the path to sanctity. This is the path that we are called to walk. Now up to this point, it may seem uh, as though Hezekiah is putting before us something uh, rather simple or monolithic. But there is kind of, of a depth to this practice of attentiveness and sobriety. And it's in the following paragraphs that Hezekiah lays it out for us. Uh, paragraph number 13, if you're following in the work on page 282, he writes, But how many ways of sobriety there are, in my belief, ways of cleansing the mind little by little from passionate thoughts. Behold, I will not delay to reveal to thee in unadorned and simple language. For I have not thought it right in the discourse to do what is done in accounts of external wars, that is, by a stream of words, to conceal what is useful, especially from those who are simple. And do thou, my son Timothy, give attendance to reading, as the Apostle Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 4. He writes, One way of sobriety, then, is to watch closely imagination or suggestion. For without imagination, Satan cannot form thoughts and exhibit them to the mind to seduce it by deceit. So Hezekiah tells us that there are, are forms that we can engage in this battle. And the first form is to avoid any kind of suggestion. 
that the devil himself will seek to engage us in a kind of discussion mentally, to present things before our mind's eye, as it were, in order to draw us in. And so the first task for us is to avoid any suggestion whatsoever, uh, to set aside any thought or idea or image as it would come to us. Another, he says, is to keep the heart always deeply silent, although all thoughts stilled, and to pray. And so to remain as silent as possible, to seek out a kind of solitude in our life that we can foster the silence that is necessary for this kind of watchfulness to emerge. Again, in our culture, things can be so hectic, so filled with noise, that our spiritual lives are often absent of the, the silence that is necessary for this kind of attentiveness to emerge. And so gradually we must simplify our lives, cut out the things that would be mere distractions, perhaps many forms of entertainment, in order that we can open up that space uh, to have the silence that we need to engage in this exercise. Another, he writes, is to call humbly and unceasingly on the Lord Jesus Christ for help. And certainly we'll come across this many times uh, as we read through the text of the Philokalia, to call constantly upon the name of Jesus Christ, uh, to engage in uh, the unceasing prayer of Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, to always have this prayer on our lips, to always acknowledge our weakness, the poverty of our sin, but to call on the all-powerful name of Jesus whenever we are afflicted by thoughts. And another way, he writes, is to have the remembrance of death unceasingly in the soul. Again, at the beginning of Lent, we call this to mind in a very concrete fashion, with the spreading of ashes on our forehead. Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Uh, well, in the writings of the Fathers, this was a constant exercise and a daily exercise. In fact, St. John Conacus says, he who remembers death uh, every moment will never sin. That so long as we keep the understanding of our mortality before us, we will engage in this mental warfare without ceasing. The moment that we lose sight of our mortality, the moment that we lose sight that we have a very short time to engage in repentance and bear the fruit of repentance is when we begin to fall into the clutches of the devil. That brings us to the end of our time here today, and thank you for joining us for another episode of City of Desert. Just as a reminder, uh, feel free to send any of your questions and comments, and we'll try to address them for you in the upcoming episodes. Thank you for joining us again, and we'll see you soon.